I've got the good thing. It says I'm going. It's live. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We got Julie back. So we've only got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. Yeah, it's not raining. It's not raining. We're fighting the weather. Welcome to the first ever MTL pop-up. We'll see if we can do some more outside. What does it look like? It looks like this. It looks like people wearing masks. That's one household. Boom. Up here, we got another household. And then we got another group of people that are cool with each other. Then, and... And then you got me. So you got everybody at least six feet apart and still wearing masks. Then you and got me. six foot apart from you, Phil. Yeah, you guys are way far from me. But your household. But I'm loud and all that good stuff. But we wanted to go live. And I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore. I'm going to talk to these guys. Because you guys are here and we're in person for the first time in like seven months. Oh, gosh, whatever. <sighs> Which is a long time. It's a long time. Now, again, I am going to dip this guy down. Is that okay? Yes. Because I'm definitely, like, pretty far away from you guys. You're all good. Like, pretty good. Like, pretty good. I'm going to step back just a little bit more just to get this guy on flat ground. But, welcome. We're going to try and do a couple of these. We'll see what we can make happen. The weather is, of course, against us. Like, as it's definitely fall, <laughs> and you guys can feel the temperature change. But if we can get some propane, maybe, like, little fireplaces, maybe we can make this a little bit more comfy. Maybe we can do a couple of things. Hopefully. We'll fix ours. Well, and I'm going to check on one, too, because I wanted to check on one. I was looking at one, too. But if we could have two, that would be amazing. Because we could just kick out a little bit of heat for everybody. But, <sighs> you guys... Let me open this thing up here. Let me open this thing up. All right. So we're not going to try to go over like 30-ish minutes. We're going to try and keep it short for the first MTL pop-up ever. We're just going to try and keep it like 30-ish minutes and let that go. But what I wanted to talk about is kind of what I've been talking about the past couple of times, honestly. Because we're coming out of a period... In which people, like, the latest statistic I just read, which I don't trust stats all the time, but let's just say, over the past seven months, they said in the United States of America, depression has tripled. And we're coming out of a period and a time in which I thought before all of this started, people were already on the edge. You know what I mean? Like, mental health-wise, living in ways that were unsustainable, that we couldn't even keep up. And then everybody was forced to, like, either ramp way up or shut way down and also, in the process, disconnect in many ways. Which, I don't know, under the right circumstances, maybe people would have appreciated that a lot more <laughs> and been like, oh, this is awesome. But... We're now coming out of this period, and it's been seven months, and they say depression's like tripled, so that's only one kind of mental health aspect. Let's talk about all the others. And with the election time looming, I think depression's going to get worse. <laughs> and I only say that because here's the thing. I'm not playing sides. All I'm saying is neither side plays nice, and I'm just going to let you know every time we enter into to an election period, at least for the past like decade, for sure, 
it affects us in ways that are negative. And we all know it. Because when we're born into this world, from the moment we're born, we need other people and we need to be loved. Otherwise, we don't make it. Like, that's what a baby needs. And over the course of our lifetime, that doesn't change. But as we get into, like, adolescence and as we grow up and we become adults, the whole needing others is viewed as kind of like weakness for some reason. And we experience a whole lot of other things than love that don't necessarily nurture our beings, like our spirits, our souls, our minds, our hearts. Like it actually sometimes works against us. And we find ourselves in places where we need some help. Now, we listened to a podcast, Ann and I, which I'm going to like kind of get back to at some point, but I wanted to mention it just right now because it was a doctor speaking and he literally said, he literally said, he was like, I can't write a prescription for the most powerful remedy. I can't do it. But as a doctor, I know what it is, and I've seen it time and time again. <laughs> we got some kids playing back there. But time and time again, the most powerful remedy is simply love. He said as a doctor, he has seen love do more healing and better things in people's lives than any prescription he could ever write. Now, I'm not saying that people should be like, oh, then if I'm on meds, like, throw off the med. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying use every tool in your toolbox. Use the meds, use the meditation, use the prayer, use the walks. But never underestimate the one thing that we need from the moment we're brought into this world. And it's the same throughout our entire lives. Love has this crazy ability and power to change who we are. And in the past seven months, we've probably experienced it maybe a little less. And I know moving into the election (laughs) with different ads and different campaigns and different conversations, you also might feel like love is running low on supply. I've had a lot of conversations with some people And you just kind of start to feel that way. And it changes our mind and it changes our spirit and it changes what we choose to engage in and what we choose to step away from and what we choose to be a part of. Now, so don't like hear me out there and say like, oh, yeah, Phil said love's all we need. So get off medication, do whatever we want. Like that's not at all what Phil's saying, but Phil is saying I want us as people, and I want to challenge myself to engage and experience more love. Almost every wedding ceremony I do, including the one I did today, I simply say this phrase, and you guys have heard me say it again, I want this couple in front of me, the two of you, to tell a compelling story through your lives. I want you to tell the story that we desperately need to hear nowadays. The story that love is in fact resilient and more powerful than we can possibly imagine. It is that one thing that's within each one of us and we have the ability to nurture it, grow it, build it up within our lives 
as well as like give it, pour it out of ourselves and allow it to spill onto other people. It's like this renewable resource that's within all of us that when we can learn to like nurture it and also respect it and give it that like tremendous healing can take place in the world. In my last podcast or in my last MTL live thing, one of the things I said was, I think we're all a little wounded. I think there's a lot of us walking around who are hurt and we carry that. And when we don't choose to like acknowledge it, embrace it, lean into it and allow it to be healed, we've got a lot of hurt people sharing more hurts than love, right? And so I think we need, moving into this next season of life here, I think we need to experience the power of love, the healing that it offers, because we need that healing. Because we can remember we're born needy, we're born in need of love, and that truth does not change throughout our lives. We're all kind of needy on that level. And we've all felt that throughout our lives, whether it's being like we have this longing to belong We have this desire to fit in. We have this need to be accepted as we are. We have this drive and this crave for relationships in like so many different areas of our life. Now, Anne and I listened to this podcast and it was all about um, loneliness. And I'm going to send it to you guys in the email. I'm going to put it out there. It's It's a really cool podcast about loneliness. Mother Teresa once said like the worst disease out there is loneliness. That's what she would say. And in this podcast, this doctor goes on to talk about just how loneliness manifests itself, how it can like be seen in people's lives. And it's certainly the idea that like, oh man, I'm going to move and I've got this big ass refrigerator and I don't have anybody to call to help me move that refrigerator. That's like an aspect of loneliness, right? There's this feeling of loneliness that says, all right, I feel like if I didn't show up to that place that no one would even notice. I feel like if I disappeared tomorrow, no one would even notice. There's an aspect of loneliness and how it manifests itself. He also goes into loneliness being the tired feeling that lots of us have felt. (laughs) And when you just experience this kind of level of being tired, when we're disconnected from people and you start to feel lonely and then it just kind of manifests itself in this tiredness that we can feel. Now, we have been watching with our boys um, all of the Friends episodes, like every season of Friends. Ann and I grew up watching Friends in high school, you know what I mean? And like, so we've got all seasons of Friends and we've started watching Friends with our boys And sure, you can pick it apart for whatever you think, or it's stupid, or it's not funny, or it talks about sex way too much, whatever. But what you see in that show time and time again are this group of people who experience a connection and a relationship and a loyalty and an ability to show up and to go through things with one another. And we all have that desire built into us. The doctor in the podcast talks about there being three different kind of areas in which we need those connections, you know? And so, like, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, I want you to listen to it and just end up 
soaking it up and paying attention to being like, okay, so maybe there's some areas of my life in which I do feel lonely. I sat with my therapist recently and I told her, I said, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm married, got a great wife, cool. I've got three boys in my house. They're loud, obnoxious, like, (laughs) present these days. And I still feel lonely. How is that? Like, what is... How do I make sense of that? Like, where do I, like, put my attention? And what, what, what do I look at first? And for me... I just want you guys to know where it starts for me. My big thing is this idea of self-care and self-love. I think you guys heard me say it at one point, but it was the whole analogy of being on a plane and the oxygen masks falling down and what they tell you to do first. They tell you to put that mask on yourself first so that you can breathe, so then that you can help other people. And I grew up with this idea that, like, if I spend myself for the sake of other people and I just pour and pour and pour and I just give and give and give, that's, like, the coolest thing you can do. (laughs) And so, like, working through with my therapist and counselor, it's like, wait a second. For me, this idea of lonely might actually stem back to the place where I just haven't really learned self-love in the first place I haven't taken care of myself enough and I'm not saying like spa days and like guy trips I'm saying like me learning what it is to care for myself and so I'll spell it out for you real quick the last thing we talked about was boundaries and my therapist was telling me that some of the most compassionate loving experience Expressing people are people who have very hard, rigid boundaries, very clear ones. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, because I grew up thinking, like, if I don't have boundaries and I just love on everybody all the time, like, that's the way to go. And she's like, no, it's actually opposite. Like, when you create those boundaries, you're able to love. You have something inside of you to give. And so recently I was talking and I was kind of having a day where I was having some low energy, wasn't necessarily feeling it. And out of nowhere, I got into a conversation that like filled me up with energy. Like it was so great. And immediately what I wanted to do with that energy was to take it and spend it and give it away. And I interrupted that pattern by saying, hang on though. I'm learning about this boundary thing. Maybe I should hold on to some of that for myself. Maybe I should take some of that energy and I should turn it and direct it towards something that would be caring for me so that that energy doesn't automatically just like come out of myself, but it actually builds even more. And then out of that abundance, maybe I'll have some energy and some love to give to other people. I don't know if that makes sense to you or if it even clicks or what, but we're all finite beings. We have limited energy, limited love. Yeah, it's renewable, and tomorrow's a new day and the sun comes up again, but there is a limit to which you can love. There is a limit to how much energy you have. That's why I like to call it sacred energy, because I believe it's worth protecting. 
I believe there's only so much. And one of the other things in boundaries that I'm starting to learn too is this idea of leftovers. That's what I like to call it. But it's just the idea that um, I think I said this in a podcast, but maybe I didn't. You guys can tell me if I did. Like we bumped into a photographer and the photographer like automatically went off about like me to Ann because Ann had never met the photographer. And he was actually saying what he was saying to a bride. And he was like, oh, my gosh, you have Phil Gallagher as an officiant? He is the most laid back, generous, loving, hilarious, just adaptable, stress-free officiant. And Ann was looking at me, eyeballing me the whole time, being like, how do you have this guy so fooled? <laughs> like, how in the world does he think that about you? And we walked away, and I told her, I was like, isn't that funny? She's like, yeah, you know? And because the whole time... Puzzling. What? It's not that puzzling. You do it all the time. That's what right. everyone about you. <laughs> right. And sometimes I do that to the detriment of myself. Sometimes I do that to the detriment of the people I love the most. I give the absolute best of me, 100% of me, away sometimes to strangers or people I don't even know. And then when I come home, I'm exhausted. And my boys and Anne and even me only gets the leftovers. And I think that seems upside down. And I'm not saying you shouldn't care about strangers. But I'm saying set yourself up in a way in which you're able to care and you're able to nurture and Fill yourself back up so you can give something. And not only to strangers, but also to the people who are closest to you. It's this idea in our culture, like, I hate to say it, but it's like we have demanded 100% of people 100% of the time. It's like, I want you to show up to work and I want you to give all of yourself. And I don't want it just on Monday. And I just don't want it from 12 to 2. I want it the whole time you're here and I want it again tomorrow and the next day. But the problem with that equation is that we are human beings and we can't function like that. And so when I'm looking at my life and I'm looking at this idea of love and I'm looking at this idea of sacred energy and how in the world do I take care of myself first, I have to sit down and I have to be intentional to say, okay, this is actually going to take some thought and some effort Because I don't think our world is designed this way. I don't think it's like designed and telling you, well, take care of yourself first and and nurture that kind of love and make sure that you're in a good space, you know, because you show up so many times and it's like, well, can't I just be human? Can't I just have an off day? We all know that there's off days. We all know that there's off weeks, seasons, periods, like it happens. And so that's where I just want to encourage you guys again. Start with the idea of self-love, self-care, but also realize that like you have other people around you and we're also extending that idea of self-care and love to them. We're also admitting like, I know you're human. I'm human. Like we can experience this whole beautiful kind of mess together. We can kind of go on this process. If we're finite beings, we have to choose. 
We have to choose how to spend our energy. We have to have boundaries. We have to say, okay, here's where my leftovers are going to be, and here's where I'm going to place some of this first energy. This is how this is going to go. This is going to be the breakdown. You look like you're going to say something. It's so hard. I know that. I can stand up here so far away from you guys without masks, but you guys have on masks, and it's even tougher. I see your eyeballs, and I can tell sometimes when you smile, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I have learned a lot these past seven months. Not all of it has been good (laughs) by far. A lot of it has been hard and actually really difficult. I was telling someone today, though, but I'm still hopeful. And I thank God for hope, you know? Like, and I'm, and I'm really not hoping we go back to normal. I did some talks on that way back in April, I think. I'm hoping we step out of this and we're a new kind of humanity, you know? That really respects the fact that, like, I understand that you have to love yourself first. And I realize some people can go way overboard on that. (laughs) But with everything moderation, right? With everything moderation. Because one of the things they said in this podcast, the doctor said it's his goal and his aim to tip the world toward love. And if he can just tip the world toward love a little bit with what he's doing, then he's done something amazing. Because love has this incredible power to connect us, to heal from one person to the next, to heal from within us for ourselves. And so, like, that's what I want to leave you guys with is just the idea to tip the world toward love in any way that you can. And I know I speak about love all the time and sometimes like it gets a little cheesy and whatever, but man, ugh, here we come up on election season. And I'm telling you what, I just want to unplug and disconnect from all of that. And I would love to show up and just talk with people and like hear stories and connect through dialogue and form relationships and work hard at that because ultimately Lincoln and I were talking last night like he got stuck at home with dad cooking dinner while everybody else was out and we were just talking about like what really matters what really really matters if you pay attention to the podcast he talks about being very concerned for the youth of our world Because in his opinion, they're chasing three things. Power, reputation, and money. Those three things. And I think all of us could say, but at the end of your life, none of those things even matter. (laughs) Like, none of that. Like, come on. And they're putting all of their worth into those things. Like, it's all based on those things. And that's what they crave. But what if we could remind one another again, don't forget when you're born into this world, what do you really, really need? You're a needy person. What is it you need most? What's really going to change you the most? We always come back to that word, love. 
And love can look lots of different ways from one person to the next and in all sorts of sorts of different circumstances. But I would just challenge you and encourage you, tip the world toward love. Start with yourself. What does that look like? For me right now, every day, that means every day I write in my gratitude journal. I do it every single day. Believe it or not, Like, I'm trying to have fun every single day in some small way. What does that look like? I'm also trying to do goofy things, like, that some of you might do really well. But I'm trying to eat three meals a day. (laughs) Because I know that that's actually taking care of me and my body. And I have lived the majority of my life never eating three meals a day. I would always just run to the next thing and show up to the next group of people. And how can I help? I could skip that meal. You know what I mean? So three meals a day. It's all these kind of like interesting things for me. But start with myself and then start to turn outward. But what I want to encourage you with that, don't immediately go. And employers might watch this and freak out. Don't immediately give the best of yourself to work. (laughs) And don't give it to strangers. Give it to some people that you really care for, that are close to you, that you're in relationship with, that are going to do this exchange of love with you, that actually once you give, it's going to fill you back up, right? It's not just a taker situation. It's an actual exchange because... Once you come back around to them, and if you gave to all the takers, you're going to be empty. And we want to set ourselves up in a way in which we're filled up. We're filled up. I've seen like so many things in the past couple of days, but it was like, obviously, an empty cup can't pour out anything. I saw this other thing. It was like a lantern. and It was like an an empty lantern doesn't shine any kind of light. You know what I mean? Like, there is this truth to your energy and your love being sacred. And so we have to figure out ways to fill ourselves back up. And so choose and prioritize and make the tough decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did you, are you going to talk at all about the three categories or are you saving that for another time? I was going to save the three categories for another time. Because okay. we're already 630. The three areas for next time. And hopefully you've already listened to the podcast, maybe, that I'll send out. And then I ordered a book, um, and I'll put a link to that, too. It's called Together. The book's called Together. And it's actually written by, who was he? The doctor again. He was actually the Surgeon General of the United States for, like, from 2013 to 17. So okay. recently. So a recent Surgeon General. And the thing that he kept noting was mental health was on the climb. And more and more from community to community, when he went and he would ask people, how can I help? Loneliness kept coming to the surface. And if we are a bunch of lonely people, but we have the means, like within ourselves, to like overcome the distance and overcome the disconnection, like that's where he said, man, we can start seeing healing. And loneliness just leads to all sorts of things in our cultures and in our communities. 
So I've got the book. I'm going to tear into it. I'm obviously going to get some good talks out of it. Fingers crossed. But um, I'll send out the podcast too. But while I have you here, there's a paper. Like the live people and you guys can text me or like shoot me a message. But if there's anything at all that you guys would like me to like keep on the forefront of my mind, send you good vibes for, pray for, meditate on, you can scribble something down on that paper and just leave it wherever, like flipped over anonymously. Like I'll check all that stuff out. One of the ways that I think really helps me sometimes like in my own self-care and my own self-love is when I'm able to like dedicate time every day with attention, care, concern, and energy and prayer and meditation towards other people's true needs. Does that make sense? Like, there's a mysterious connection there as well. And I love that and being able to do that and being able to check in with people about it and talk about it and all of that. So that's there. And then... Any questions? Anything I can rebuttal? Anything I can like be like, oh man, yeah, I have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Nope. I would okay. just say that what you're saying is start with yourself and your family and yeah. your friends and your loved ones. And then what you have left over is good for your work. Right? Outside. American culture, efficiency. Uh, being productive, defining yourself, uh, creating an identity based around your career. Pretty common, right? Feels like it. I've heard, now I've never been to France, I wish, um, but I've heard that it's like not polite to ask what someone does for work. Like when you say, hey, so what do you do? You're actually asking a whole nother question. You're asking a whole nother question. It's like, tell me who you are. Tell me what you do and what you enjoy and the hobbies you're interested in. Here in the States, it's like, so what do you do? Is almost the first question we lead with. And it only has to do with your work. And I... I f- college, what's your <laughs> yeah, right? And it's so funny because we should talk about more like who we are as beings and people and human beings to one another and our cares and concerns and our passions and what we love. And sometimes that is work. I get it. But I'm starting at 42 to believe that work should be secondary, maybe even third. I don't know. Like <laughs> Even further on the list. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so interesting that I've spent a large part of my life believing that I should give the most of myself to that. How interesting, right? How interesting. I don't think it's made me a healthier person. When I say healthy, it's like the whole package, right? Spiritual, emotional, physical, all of it. Yeah. Tell them your idea for your new schedule. I don't know. Should I? Yeah. Okay. This is live, babe. Um, And then you'll have to give it a try. Okay. So my grand experiment right now that I'm only two days deep into, Monday, today's Tuesday, right? Um, I was telling Ann this, and I'm one of those kind of, I feel like a very all or nothing kind of person. 
And I don't know if that's good or bad. But when we were talking about this idea and me actually putting myself first and self-care and self-love and my family, and when I think about work and how I had no boundaries, and when I say no boundaries, like... Laying in bed at bedtime with your laptop, looking at emails. Yeah, I mean no boundaries. No boundaries with relationships, no boundaries with work, no boundaries with, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like being that loose and that fluid was what I was actually after and it was going to yield the results I wanted and it hasn't and I've just kept doing it so now I'm in a grand experience experiment Tony's going to like this um I said well what if I wake up and I don't like hurry to do anything what if I wake up and I don't wake up early because I'm self-employed so I can kind of create my own schedule I have to get stuff done though And I do have stuff to get done. So what would it look like if I woke up and I took my time and I had breakfast? And then what I do after breakfast isn't work. It's something about me and filling me up for that day. And what if after that, maybe I do, I can do some chores around the house because that's my family, you know, like I can help take care of. But what if I don't actually start work until noon what if I like eat an early lunch and even like I get breakfast in and then I get lunch in and I've like been filling myself up and then out of this fullness I have some abundance to give to my work and so at noon I start to work and I work until five and I work my ass off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can do that. Five hours, and I'll give it to that. And then my boys are done with school, and they're probably done with their homework. And then at five, I can plug right back into my family. And I can, like, see those relationships and see Anne when she gets home, because she usually gets home around five. So, obviously, like, I'm self-employed, so I can, like, try this experiment. But Monday through Friday, I'm trying to work 12 to 5. That's it. And I'm going to see how that goes. And then I have weddings on the weekends, you know, that I'll fill in some time. See, here's what's so funny. When I tell you guys that out loud, I immediately feel the pressure to let you guys know I'm going to work more on the weekends. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah. I just did that. What in the world is that urge and that drive? People focusing and working hard for 25 hours a week can get done as much as someone half-assing for 30 hours. Right? Yeah, we can be productive and we can be efficient. And, yeah, I don't know. That was so weird. I just did it. I was like, yeah, I'm only going to work 12 to 5. But, guys, I'm going to work more on the weekends. Don't. <laughs> How bizarre. It's Friday off, man. <laughs> yeah, screw it. <laughs> Fridays are a free day. No, but that's my grand experiment that I'm trying to step into for myself and, and what that looks like. what those mornings can look like. can be like going for a walk yeah. or a run, playing the drums, having coffee with a friend. Like, it could be anything that fills you it's, up. It's some exercises. It's some meetings. It's hanging out with people. It's playing the drums. It's prayer. It's 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 doing things. It's love. It's love. Self-love. So anyway, that's my grand experiment. I'll let you guys know how it's going. We'll check in. But anyway, so it's past 630 now. Now we really got to end this thing. But 
Oh, what's on my foot? Anyway, so first MTL pop-up. It's good to see you guys in person. I'm not going to lie. Like, yes. as nervous as it makes me, because <laughs> I'm such an anxiety-ridden person at the moment, there's several parts of me that feel anxious. But this feels very safe. I love that you guys can wear masks. I love that you guys can be spaced out even more than six feet. I love that I get to be, like, 20 feet away from you guys. But there's something about being in person. And I think we've definitely come to that realization in the last seven months. We do need each other. We really, really do. We do, we do, we do. And so now, I guess you guys go. Fill up. Uh... Pour out, fill up again, spill out onto other people once you're overflowing, you know, and just tip the world toward love.